from Relay FM. This is Upgrade, episode 217. Today's show is brought to you by Lunar Display, PDF Pen from Smile, and HelloFresh. Today there has been an Apple event, so we've got all of the news and coverage and analysis of that. My name is Mike Hurley, and of course I am joined by man on the ground, Mr. Jason Snell. Hello, Jason Snell. I'm actually up in the air. I'm in a skyscraper in Manhattan, Look Mike. Look at you. Fancy. Yeah. We've got some fancy stuff going now, on. Now, let me talk about the weather when you're above... No, no let's not Jason do that Snell, instead. No, Nobody cares about that. I have a question for you for our oh, hashtag yes, Snell yes. Talk this week. Oh, Upgrady and Mike. Oh, Upgrady and Mike wants to know, uh, how does an East Coast time event make Jason feel? Like, do you feel tired? <laughs> do you feel excited? Are you more productive, less productive? What is, what is the, uh, the feeling of an East Coast event? Because Apple's event was in New York today. First off, if I was in California and not attending this event, it would make me feel sleepy because it would have happened at seven in the morning. Yeah. But I am in New York City, and so I feel fine, I guess. I mean, it's going to be a long day today because I'm flying home tonight. Um, that's going to be a very long day. And I got up really early yesterday, so I probably don't have as much sleep. But, um, what I was saying to some of my fellow attendees who came from, uh, from the New York area is that they're experiencing what I experience when there's an Apple event in the Bay area, which Mm -hmm. is you sleep in your own bed, but you have to get out, get out of bed at a weird hour and your family's still asleep and you got to drive or take the train or whatever. And I just, you know, rolled out of bed this morning and walked two blocks to the Apple event. You're in a hotel. Like it doesn't make a difference, right? Yeah. So, so on that level, I mean, yeah, there's all the extra travel and all that, but actually on the day of the event, it's super convenient. And this is why when they do WWDC down in, in uh, San Jose, I don't even like, I try to stay in a hotel for a couple of nights because it's, it's so much, uh, it's further down there and it's a multiple day thing. So it sort of makes sense. But, uh, so that's the advantage of it. The disadvantage is, yeah, I, I got up at four in the morning and I won't get home until uh, yesterday and I won't get home till after midnight today. And, uh, it's a couple of really long days. It'd be very tiring. But, um, in terms of this morning, I was, uh, I was, uh, kind of ready to go because I got a proper night's sleep and then, uh, just a short walk to the event, uh, location, which is really interesting. Um, event location too which we we should talk about at some point because this is when again apple is picking a venue you know anywhere in the world (laughs) apple can pick a venue and stage an event there and like the chicago event earlier this year they picked an interesting place so we will talk about that um but if you want to send in a question for any episode to get us started you can always tweet with the hashtag snell talk and that goes into a wonderful document that we're able to collect um, and pick from in the future. And I thank Upgradian Mike for his great suggestion uh, for a mm. question to open this week's show. Jason, we must start these events as we all these always do, these, these event episodes, by talking about the draft. So on our last episode, which was in Chicago, which was a wonderful episode, um, I'm really pleased that we got to do that. It was wonderful to have so many Upgradians come out and see the show. That was a really, really great time. Um, great. Thank you to everyone who came. Thank you to Stephen and Alex again for joining us on the episode we had a really really great time but we did do a draft and the draft was foretold that jason snell would obliterate mike hurley this is what everyone believes this is what you believed it's never true because everybody was convinced that you destroyed me in the previous draft mm-hmm. and, uh, and that did that really didn't happen exactly what we have learned is everybody's super confident when they're making their picks it's what happens on the day oh yeah and what did happen on the day jason snell who took the win today so my scoring it's either six to five or five to four based on a very particular question that we should probably solve. Yep. But either way, whether it was six to five or five to four, um, it's you with one more point than me. You 
Bruce. Mike Hurley is the winner. You didn't think I could do it, Upgradians, but I did it. I won. I won, Jason. I cannot tell you, you how did. excited I was about this because we've now tied. We're tied. We're tied at two each on the events for the year, which just mm-hmm. makes me feel good because uh, I, I, I'm happy. the The iPad really helped me out, right? Like that was I wasn't really, really scoring did. much because uh, the way the event was stacked, and I had my fingers crossed, and it came through. So let's run through these real quick, right? Shall we? Yeah. Uh, okay. Definitely. Um, so we'll go on your side first. New iPads to have Face ID. Check. Check. Photoshop for iPad. Check. So this is one of the ones of contention. New smart connector on the iPad Pro. There is one, but there it wasn't one. clear. I don't think it was very clear at all during the presentation. They had images of the thing and where it was, and so there was an implication, but they didn't say we have a new smart connector, just as they didn't say they have no headphone jack. Exactly. Which is one that you picked. So mm-hmm. that's that's the point of contention, which is... And I, I think it's something for us to revisit, because... You could make a strong argument that if a product was introduced and shown off and one of the features it had was this, that it's, I don't know if it's very fun to have a draft where if they don't mention it out loud, it well, doesn't count. But we've picked that yeah. rule for very specific reasons because we've had many problems in the past. I actually believe that the rule should stand as it is because it allows for way less ambiguity when making the picks. Like if they don't show it or it's not on a slide clearly, I don't think the point should count. So I don't know. I think if it, 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 the argument would be if it's in a product, it's a feature of a product that is mentioned and it, that is introduced on stage, mm-hmm. but they don't mention that product. You could maybe make the argument that there's an extension that happens there. But well, I, this is why we discuss it, though, right? Like I, I could go either way on these. The danger of going your way is you've got one of those like. Okay, now we need to look at the video that they show. Like, you can mm-hmm. see, you know, do we see the absence of a headphone jack? Well, we do, but can you prove an absence? Did we see all possible places the headphone jack could be? And likewise with the, the smart connector, like, do we ever see the smart connector? No, but we see the thing attached on the back where the smart connector would be. So again, it, I think you could parse it either way. Fortunately, we have rarely needed to, I, I feel like, we are really good about resolving our own issues. And in this case, the, the answer is you can count them or not. It doesn't, fortunately, doesn't change the outcome at all because yeah. each of us had one of these. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we want to go by the letter of the law, I would say that makes the score five to four. Yep. So I, I would say we keep the rules as they are and we just continue to debate as we have. I mean, because I, I, I think that the rules, it's easier this way than, than just to say like, ah, we'll just see. So uh, new sub $1,000 laptop introduced. There was a laptop. It wasn't priced. I'm going to have more to say about this. I am very surprised that Apple has ha- basically, I mean, apparently the old MacBook Air is still for sale, which I think is interesting because the al- the alternative here was for Apple to say, hey, guess what, everybody? You like that that macbook air so much we made a new one that's more expensive and the old Mm -hmm. one's gone but the old one's still there apparently for a while at least uh new airpods no new airpods okay so let's new airpods and new imacs i both picked and Mm -hmm. this is the thing that even as i was picking them on stage even before i picked them on stage i thought to myself this is risky and this is the calculation that i made which is i wanted to please the audience and not be boring by continuing to pick ipad features and mac mini features Mm. and even though we didn't have any good intel 
about these things being in this event. I picked them because I wanted my picks to have some variety and I didn't want to bore the audience. And I knew I was taking a risk. I knew it. And it's absolutely what happened. Well, that's so, that. Oh, well. that was that was the trap I fell into for the previous draft, right? Yeah, you want to be entertaining and not. And then what, what happens, Mike, is that we're going to go back and forth on this because if you win, you're like, okay, I'm a winner. I can be entertaining next time. Yeah. And then you lose, and you're mm-hmm. like, I am going to be really boring and win this. <laughs> and so that's maybe, how you go maybe back. That's and why forth. we tied. The yeah. art was used in a video. It was the opening video. Yeah. Um, and 4K external display support. There's four, how about there's 5K? Five. I know. How about 25K? Is all the Ks? All the Ks. So that pushes you at four points as we can agree on uh yep. i got new apple pencil mm-hmm. there is no headphone jack on the ipad again we will discuss this in detail in a little bit but um we couldn't really see that as clear in the presentation so it was Correct. not scored um there is a new mac mini the new ipads have USB-C only the new laptop does not have a USB A port Yep. Face ID works both horizontally and vertically. In all orientations. All orientations, which I didn't expect. There was I'll jump ahead one. There was no promotion for the iPhone XR, which I was surprised about. It got mentioned, but in a very strange context, yeah. which is just that its screen is like the iPad Pro screen in that it's a liquid yeah, retina display. and that display. wasn't at all what I envisioned. That is not promotion. Yeah. <laughs> it was promotion, yeah. but that's a different thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And the last one is demo of an app another app a big app debut from a major company not a game so there were two things here which were which basically they amount to a like half a point each kind of in the way that i'm thinking so autocad was shown which is a brand new app from autodesk but it wasn't, yes, demoed, wasn't demoed by an individual and then adobe had a new app that they showed off which was turning photoshop files into ar but I don't know how big that is. So I don't yeah. know about that one. So I think I could go either way on it. Um, and luckily, I don't have to debate it because I still won with or without it. So Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's a very clear no-go because the, there were only two demos. One was a game and one was Photoshop, which is the Another Big App debut. So I feel like, yes, unless you... the Oh, and we also have this AR project thing that we added on that mm-hmm. will take our Photoshop file and put it in AR. I, you know, again... It doesn't matter, but it I don't matter. think you. I don't think you get that point. So we'll we'll score at five four. Five so four. I just came in there, so we tie. We tie for the year. Yep. Two apiece. Everybody wow. loves ties. It's my favorite way to win. <laughs> I consider this a win for me because I don't think anyone expected this. So it's a personal victory because I've lost every other year. So. I will take it. So the Apple event is all wrapped up. What was the uh, the environment like today? You were in the Brooklyn Academy of Music. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's right. So it's in like a big opera house, uh, auditorium, theater-like environment. What did you think of it all? How does it differ to some of the other places that you go to? Well, it's it's a theater. It's a small theater space. Um, the well, I mean, it's not small, but it's it's not you know vast like some of the places that Apple has used in the past, and the, yep. the seats are tight tight together, and the rows are tight together, so it was super cramped. But um, beautiful setting. Um, they closed off multiple streets in Brooklyn. This is about a, a block away from the Brooklyn Apple Store, which is new, which is beautiful. It's like a wedge-shaped building. Mm. Um, it looks really great. And I think Apple is comfortable in that neighborhood because they know it from the from the retail store there. And so there's the theater. They closed off two other streets running past the theater, and they closed off... Uh, the street between the theater and the, some restaurants that are over on the other side of the street there. And actually, when we got there, they had us go into basically like a, a Mexican restaurant that they had turned into 
a place where you could, you know, <laughs> stay warm and get coffee and a breakfast burrito and whatever what? before the event. Was it, yeah, was it yeah. a, like a business? Like it was yeah. someone's business? Yeah, and they just took it over for the morning. That's so funny. And, and you know, obviously paid them off and all that. But they closed all these streets, NYPD everywhere. They closed all the streets. What a payday for that restaurant, though, right? Some, it has to cost sure. so much money for that. Some, some security line stuff um, that that is a little unusual because we're out on the streets of a big city. And mm-hmm. the level of control they wanted to have was a little bit greater. Um, right across the way was the, um, was the venue. And then the hands-on area was actually built inside a different location that was down the block. And it looked like it, I think somebody said that's where the Brooklyn flea market is. And they took that building over and it has a big interior space and they built like a, a whole like platform level that was clearly built by Apple for the hands-on area. And that's where the hands-on area was. So it was really interesting in that Apple basically took over a block and several streets in the middle of Brooklyn. So why do you think, because this seems like a really big to do right like getting all of this stuff arranged and and hiring out all these different places and making all these adaptations why do you think apple held this event in new york i think apple is currently in a place where they like mixing it up and and taking their events to different places and um you know one of the downsides of not doing macworld expo is that you know you can just end up being apple events on campus and occasionally down the road a little bit. And I think maybe they made a decision that while they were going to be at home at the Steve Jobs Theater, they were going to be open to doing other events in other places rather than having every event event be at the Steve Jobs Theater. So we have now this year, as we know from our draft scoring, have had four Apple events, one at the Steve Jobs Theater, one at the McHenry Convention Center for WWDC, and then one in Chicago and one in New York. And I'm wondering if this is just the pattern now, is that Apple is going to um, do some events in other places yeah. just because they can and because it's interesting. Um, to be you know clear, they had, they get a lot of coverage in their home in their home region because there's a lot of people in Silicon Valley, and of course New York is a great place to go, and Chicago is a great place to go. So you know, but who knows? They could do an event somewhere else. They could do an event in LA. They could do an event. I mean, there's any number of places they could they could go, um, and they will get some people. To travel and other people won't and uh but i think they like the variety of it and honestly they're so big <laughs> that they can do this right they're so big that they can take over a block in the middle of brooklyn and they have do the one of these events that uh, or organize these things right like they i'm sure they have an entire yeah, team they do the, you know but the, presumably those people are all in california so they they right. there's a lot more travel i mean there's a lot more that's going to go into something like this although i will say they did um, you know, they staff a lot of it with Apple, Apple retail impl- employees. So, um, and, which is actually a lot of the wild kind of cheering that you heard during the event. If you watched it, I think w- was from retail. And the reason uh. I say that I, I say that the retail employees were behind a lot of the, a lot of the applause and wooing is because when Angela Aarons went on stage, they got really loud. Yeah, they got <laughs> I thought, oh, went wild. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the boss on stage, you know, cause they were literally, it was just like, oh, we added this new, um, this new program in the Apple store and people just went nuts. I'm like, really? In fact, there was a moment when uh, Lana Del Rey uh, finished her first song and people applauded. And I thought, well, if she wanted more applause, she should have mentioned uh, Apple retail, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> wait a second, world renowned recording artist is on stage. And I think the, the new today at Apple thing got a louder ovation because yep. the retail people were so excited. 
Was there any kind of overall other overall notes that you you came across from the event, like any other overriding overarching feelings about what happened? It felt like there was more heavy lifting from Tim Cook this time than I've okay. uh, than I've seen in the past than I expected. He um, introduced the Mac and he talked a lot about the Mac, um, and we can get to that. But we we all you know I was sitting there between Federico and uh and casey liss and we had a moment where it's like he, wow he's just talking about the mac and um yeah i'm wondering like we joke about how tim loves his ipad and he talks about his ipad and there's this question of like does tim even know about the mac he says he's got an imac on his desk but mm-hmm. he you know he did a whole i a whole thing about the mac and he talked about mojave he basically did a little mojave demo and it's exactly the sort of thing that you could imagine he was like hey let's get phil schiller out here to talk about the mac so i don't have to and that didn't happen he did that he did that work. So I thought that was interesting. We can talk more about the Mac in a minute. And then the other thing I just wanted to point out is the way that this was handled was definitely, you know, er- people are handing off to other people um, that, you know, you kind of burrow down on a product and then you'd have a demo and then, and then you come back out. And so if you think of it like little, you know, levels of the presentation with Tim at the top. And I noticed that at one point we went five levels down <laughs> where like Tim handed it to John for the iPad demo and John brought out Sean who's in developer relations and she brought out Jamie who's from Adobe and she brought out Chantal who is the demo person for Photoshop. And and while Chantal was doing the Photoshop demo I was thinking to myself we're five layers into this burrito now. <laughs> like this is it's we're way demo cake. It's we're way we are in the we're we Tim is the frosting mm-hmm. but we are down at the at the I don't know what is the bottom layer the pie crust or that wouldn't be cake then but anyway it's a really weird cake <laughs> what goes at the bottom of the cake is more frosting that's the problem is more frosting it's a cake sandwich um so I just had that moment because what happened was then Chantal was like uh, I'll, I'll give it back to Jamie and Jamie's like well okay let me recap everything we just did I'll give it back to Sean and she's like well isn't it great that there are apps <laughs> on the iPad let's give it back to John and he's like the iPad it's awesome here's what the price is Tim and then we're I like that Tim. they have to do that huh. right that they go in and go back out again I said well there's no other way I can't pass yeah. to Tim because then Tim's one level down. How does Tim yeah. pass back to Tim? We can't do yeah, that. Yeah, what 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 happened to John? If if Sean Pruden <laughs> throws it to Tim, you're like, oh my God, what happened to John? Is he still in some other dimension presenting iPad Pro until we uh, pull him out of there? So they gotta you gotta close all your parentheses or the uh, entire thing falls apart. It's a house of cards. There were a lot of new presenters at the event, um, yeah. and I think everybody did really well. Um, I, I thought that they had a, a selection of great people. Uh, there was the the lady who showed off the Mac. I think her name was Laura, the MacBook Air. Yeah, yeah. She was my favorite. She was awesome. She was really, really good. She told a great story. I thought that. But in general, I think they introduced a bunch of new people on stage yeah. today, which was really great. I like to see fresh faces. Yeah, she was. Um, she was a little nervous in the like Craig Federighi original appearance kind of nerves, right. where you could tell you could tell it was her first huge thing, and mm-hmm. she trained for it, and she was not quite as assured but you know that's what what happens when you go on stage i think any of us if we were on stage at an apple event would would get a little nervous and you know you might type its road trip and anything could happen well i mean look at me last week i get super nervous doing our live shows i can't even imagine what that exactly yeah so before we get into talking about the Macs and the new iPad Pros, I just note that iOS 12.1 has shipped today. Um, it is uh, in, includes group FaceTime. That is now out and available to everyone. This was delayed from iOS 12. Uh, dual SIM support on the 10R and the 10S. 
and 70 new emoji. Uh, I have not yet downloaded iOS 12. It just shipped like as we were getting ready to start, but I cannot wait for those new emoji, Jason. Very excited. Yeah, it's it's good. I I've been I had it on one device and so I've been getting like real new emoji on that device and not on any other device, so I'm ready for the fragmentation to end. Yeah, I'm ready for that. And you know, you're in you're in New York, so you can send loads of bagels to everybody for like the last day or whatever. That'd be nice. Everyone will enjoy that, I'm sure. Sure. All right, today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. There are three plans to choose from, the classic, the veggie, and the family. And you won't need to spend all night in the kitchen because HelloFresh recipes just take around 30 minutes to prepare. Having everything delivered directly to you means that you'll spend less time planning for your meals and having to grocery shop for them every week, and instead just spend your time doing the things that you love instead. Doesn't we all want to do that? Everything is delivered right to your door in recyclable, insulated packaging. Even amidst the after-school chaos, HelloFresh's meal kits make it easy to decide what to do for dinner, so you can look forward to your delivery knowing that everything just got easier. I've been a happy HelloFresh customer for over three years. I've been using them for a very, very long time, um, and I absolutely love it. HelloFresh taught me to cook. It expanded my palate to new and wonderful recipes. And I've been traveling for a couple of weeks. I cannot wait to get back home and cook again and have some home-cooked meals because HelloFresh's ingredient quality is so good and it's taught me all these wonderful new recipes. I really, really look forward to getting back to the kitchen when I get home because I am in Canada right now and that is not where I live. So once I get home, more HelloFresh will be back in my life and I'm very excited. For a total of $60 off, that is $20 off your first three boxes, go to HelloFresh.com slash Upgrade60 right now and use the promo code UPGRADE60 at checkout. That is basically six meals for free. Just go to HelloFresh.com slash UPGRADE60 and use the promo code UPGRADE60. Our thanks to HelloFresh for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. So let's start how it was started by talking about the Mac. You excited, Jason Snell? I, it, you know, it is... I love the Mac, mm-hmm. At, like Tim does. Tim loves the Mac. Tim loves Tim, the Mac. Tim thinks the Mac is great. Uh, he's got good uh, numbers to share about people who are new to the Mac, especially in China. He wants to tell us that there are 100 million active uh, Macs in the install base, which mm-hmm. is a milestone, he said. And most importantly, Tim is excited about the Mac, and he loves the Mac because it's number one in customer satisfaction. <laughs> Anything that is number one in customer satisfaction is Tim's favorite product. That's what he... That's what he wants. He, wants, he wants customer sat. He wants it now. And uh, yeah, so it, it, it's nice to see Apple spend some time. It's been a little while since we saw Apple spend some time on Macs. They didn't do it at the last event at all. So it was nice to get that and to get Tim talking about it because, again, there is this perception that Tim is you know, not really focused yep. on the Mac. And so m- getting him to say things about the Mac on stage, I think, was they were trying to send a good message there. So I want to run through some quick stats of the new MacBook Air, and then we can talk about a little bit of what they mean. So the new MacBook Air, which is just, it feels weird to say. I mean, I will say it feels weird to say. Like, I I don't think I was expecting it to be called the MacBook Air, but here we are anyway. Um, It has a retina display, which is 13.3 inches. It has a brand new industrial design, so it's got rid of the, the silver border, and it's just a nice border like the MacBook. It has two Thunderbolt 3 ports, a T2 chip, 
third generation butterfly keyboard, which is four times more stable. <laughs> right, because that's right? again, mm-hmm. they, they're trying to find ways to extol the virtues of it. And um, I don't remember people saying, you know what the problem is with Apple's <laughs> keyboards? The keys are unstable. Oh, my fingers are always sliding off. I- it's, yeah, they're, they're, my typing is inaccurate and the keys are unstable and it makes like... Again, I'm, is this a solution in, solve, in search of a problem? Um, I don't really know why they keep talking about this. They've got to find a reason why it's good. Um, I just I, I noticed that that once again they're talking about key stability, which mm-hmm. it's true. It's just such a strange thing, and I'm not sure anybody really cares about it. Does third gen mean different to the ones that were just in the MacBook Pro? Or is that the MacBook Pro ones? It's the MacBook Pro ones, the third okay. gen butterfly. The first one was the original MacBook. The second gen was the MacBook Pro when it yes. went to that keyboard. And then this is the third gen butterfly keyboard. So new, more powerful processors, higher RAM and SSD options. The new MacBook Air is 17% smaller in volume, 10% thinner, and a quarter of a pound lighter. It is made from 100% recycled aluminium. This is really exciting. People are really excited about this. But there is something that is kind of Uh hilarious to me about this. Because they go through the presentation talking about this, and then the Mac Mini is made from this. The And when they get the iPad, they don't say the iPad is made from the 100% recycled aluminium. They say that the the kind of the offcuts, I guess, or like the, the, the parts of the manufacturing process that remove the aluminium to create the iPad Pros is used in the new MacBooks. So basically what's happening here is mm-hmm. they are using the shavings of iPhones and iPads to make Macs now, which is such a great metaphor, I think. I know, right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it so is. And they, they said it's like as a byproduct of our construction or, our, uh, you know, our metal process. Uh, and then I was like, wait, what? And then they keep going. <laughs> and where I'm like, is this coming from? <laughs> are you? Because it's not what they aren't saying is that their um, Macs are made from like old, old aluminum cans, right? That's not old, what they're old saying. Old Macs. They're not saying that either. No, no. It seems like it's a byproduct product of the process that that they use for stainless or for aluminum in uh other products that use aluminum uh which is funny something so it's really funny to me like i wonder if like you know at some point by accident you get part of like an iphone 10r like just think oh look this has got a little bit of orange in it uh but it's just it is it is a great process like it, it does seem like something that is really important but there is just that that beauty of that metaphor um I think the last big last big thing was a big surprise I would never have expected touch ID in the in the MacBook Air. Um and it starts at $1,199. Jason, is this the MacBook Air that we wanted? Uh well, feature-wise, I would say it is. I I love the MacBook Air. We've been talking a lot about how it was great and it needs to be replaced and it's dead. Yeah, this is a fantastic laptop. This is Apple like a did the other thing, laptop. which is uh, having held it like it's a MacBook Air. It feels like a MacBook Air. It's shaped like a MacBook Air. It is undeniably a MacBook Air. Mm-hmm. It is smaller because they've gotten rid of the huge bezel and all of that, and they've made it, they've made it feel like a modern Apple laptop. It is more functional than the MacBook. It is very similarly functional to the um, uh, MacBook Escape, right? Mm-hmm. But it's uh, but it's a MacBook Air with a Retina display and with two USB C ports and a headphone jack. And it is, you know, so it's, you know, the old MacBook Air has, uh, what, two USB-A and dis- mini display port um, and HDMI maybe. I don't know if that has that or not. Um, that's my wife's MacBook Air. Um, I have the 11, which 
has less stuff on it. And I think the regular MacBook Air, I don't think it has HDMI on no. it. No, okay. So so anyway, it's it's maybe a little bit less functional, and it's got power. I guess that's the other keyboard is it's got it's got a power MagSafe where this only has the two ports and one of them needs to power it. Yep. But um, that all said, it is... I'm excited about it because I do love the MacBook Air. I am surprised that Apple decided to revive it in this way. I do not believe for a minute that when they announced the MacBook a few years ago that they intended to take this path. I think this was literally Apple looking at people continuing to buy the MacBook Air and realizing that they needed to just make a MacBook Air. Uh, update okay. that they just they need to go back on i don't believe this was the plan all along at all uh, and i think that they would have come up with something sooner if it was i think that they had to change direction just as they changed direction with the mac pro where they were just going to do the imac pro and leave it there so i think this is a, a change on their part but i think it's good it looks really good um the disappointment and i lost a point in the draft for it is that they couldn't get it they still couldn't get it under a thousand dollars which uh, again it's not Apple's goal to be cheap. Like I was reminded at several times during this presentation that Apple is not only not being cheap, Apple is cranking up the price of everything yep. a bit. Yep. And you can people can make arguments like, well, it's about inflation and all that, and that, that might well be true, but Apple is cranking up the price. They want to increase the average selling price. And this is an example where even now at this 1199 which is the lowest price point Apple has ever had for a Retina laptop it's still $200 more than the previous generation MacBook Air yep and that is if you're somebody who is looking for a laptop and you you know you get you see anything above 1000 and you hesitate uh, that's not going to stop. Like the people who are buying the MacBook Air because they like the Air could get this one now, but the people who are buying the MacBook Air because it was nine ninety nine, then you know they're going to be asked to spend uh, a couple hundred more dollars. So I don't love that about it. I was really I kind of had bought bought into the concept that Apple was going to make it um, cheaper, and they did make it cheaper. It's cheaper than the MacBook and the MacBook Escape. Um, and it's very similar to the MacBook Escape, by the way. I wonder if the MacBook Escape is going to fade away because I don't know why it needs to exist when this computer exists that's got um, most of what it has, if not all of what it has, yeah. plus plus more because yep. it's got a Touch ID sensor. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it is weird. It is a weird one that they kept that. I'm not... I'm not 100% sure why they have it, but, you know, I do want to go back to you saying that, like, oh, they had to make this because lots of people are still buying the MacBook Air, right? Well, I think my, my question on this is, were they buying the MacBook Air because it was $999, or were they buying the MacBook Air because they loved the MacBook Air? I mean, right. My, I would assume it's the price. And we don't, but we don't know. Change that. I mean, it's an assumption. If that was the reason, I think it's a combination of factors. I think that some of it is that, some of it is that people like the MacBook Air. It is a pretty great machine, even though it was lacking the Retina display and, and modern processors. You know, you could make the argument it was the last Apple laptop using the old keyboard. Maybe some people bought it because they didn't like the other keyboards. Well, that's that's gone by the wayside. So we'll see. Obviously, Apple has made some judgments about what that people liked the MacBook Air. Mm -hmm. um, and, and from the perspective, leaving the price aside and the keyboard aside, it is very much what the MacBook Escape wasn't. And the MacBook Escape more and more feels like this super strange outlier where they they 
sort of used the same stuff they used in the in the air but more modern but they called it a pro with other pros and and priced it accordingly and then they cut the price but like now it feels like they're like okay we didn't ma- that didn't happen so we're just going to make one that's pretty much the shape you expect which is the macbook air mm-hmm. and and it is i mean having held one i mean it's great it comes in colors now or, or at least what apple calls colors which is There's dark only, silver yeah. dark silver light silver and gold yeah um they're all just the the three metals that we're used to but that's more than it used to and i will tell you as a person who's been using the macbook air since the very beginning it's a macbook air like the bottom it's got the little feet it's got the curve um the the way it opens up it is it is a MacBook Air. It is not like our new take on what a MacBook Air is like. No, it is a MacBook Air. It is you. Anybody who's used the Air will be able to pick one of these up and say, yep, this is it. I mean, in some ways, it's less exciting because it's not like like the iPads we're going to talk about where it's like, whoa, it's totally different. It's really weird. I'm, we're going to have to get used to this. This one, it's just like, yeah, they did it. They did the, Mac, the Retina Air. In fact, in hindsight, you look at it and you go, why didn't you do this two years ago? Why didn't you do this three years ago? But they didn't. They're doing it now. The sore spot on this, though, is that the old MacBook Air is still around for $999. So you can still buy it, which is... uh, (laughs) Okay. You know, and so... uh, My thinking on that is, like, it's kind of strange because now you've just... There are three laptops in the lineup which are all kind of jockeying for the same position. And... It is interesting to me that you can still get them. Well, maybe four, right? You've got the old MacBook Air, the new MacBook Air, the MacBook, and the 13-inch MacBook Pro, the base edition. Uh Those machines are all similar in certain ways. They're priced differently. It is a... When I look at this, the pricing of this MacBook Air, I'm reminded of the MacBook again. Because it's like, well, here's a better machine. It's much more desirable. It's got everything you want, but it's too expensive. Like it's at a higher price point. That's what happened with the MacBook, and then they kept the MacBook Air around. And now they've introduced a new MacBook Air, which has everything you want and more, but it's still more expensive. And I don't know. I'm I'm keen to see what happens here. I mean, if I was in the market for a laptop, this is the one that I would buy because it's the best kind of state of everything. You know, I'm happy with my MacBook Pro. I use it so infrequently that I'm, I'm not in the market, but it does seem like a great machine. It is also a shame that they missed back to school with this, like... This would have been the perfect laptop for a lot of students, right? And and it's it's yeah. it's they've got to be. I'm a, I can only assume that Apple was frustrated that they couldn't get it out for whatever reason at that point. But and there's the mystery of the MacBook now, and the, not just the MacBook Escape, which I don't know why it exists anymore, but the mystery yep. of the MacBook. Like, who's it for? Well, and it, and it's still you know this is a cheaper computer that has two ports, and they're both Thunderbolt three. Yeah, like I like the MacBook. And I think that who is it for is people who want a, a, a lighter, a two-pound computer instead of a 2.75-pound computer. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But the one port, and it's still just USB-C, like that's the part where I feel like, you know, what's going on there? That that, that hasn't gotten an update now and still hasn't gotten an update. And what does that mean? Is Apple not sure it wants to stick around with that? Or is it just mm-hmm. not going to update it right now and it'll do it later? Um, so that, those are things that we're going to have to watch. They got rid of the rose gold in the MacBook. Oh, interesting. So that's just gold, silver, and space gray? Yeah, Apple seems to be down on rose gold now. Yeah, it's gone. It's passe. It's passe. I think Touch ID is great. You know what it tells me, though? I, and I look at it, I'm like, because that was a surprise. I think it te- it says that this MacBook Air is going to be around for a while. Like, they're, they're kind of future-proofing it. Like yep. Eventually, all of the Macs are going to get either Face ID or Touch ID, 
and they've maybe put the touch ID in this machine faster than we would expect because they they've kind of made it and now they're gonna leave it for a bit. Well, yeah, that's that's right. Even if they update the processors in it every so often, it's not as much work as like doing everything. Oh, now now we've got to put in. I mean, this is their opportunity to redo this product and put in the T two. And put in a touch ID oh, sensor. T two, yeah, of course. I mean, that's right. a big so deal, right? This is this is their opportunity. Well, and it makes that computer um, much more capable in yep. what what it's what it's doing. You're you're seeing the T two, and I think by extension, only you know, no more spinning hard drives extend to everywhere in the line, and presumably the iMacs will be next. But this this is like basically all new Macs. It seems at this point will have a T two or similar processor in it. And we'll have, you know, if it's a laptop, it's going to have Touch ID unless they go to Face ID at some point. And um, which they might with iMacs, right? Because you can't have a touch sensor on the iMac, really. Unless they do the keyboard that everybody wants, right? Like they make a keyboard that has a built-in. Which I just don't think they're going to do. I think it's much more likely that their their iMacs will just do Face ID. and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, And their... 5k display will do face id with the mac pro i agree with you because plus as well face id is the future anyway like touch id right. is old technology um but yeah. it's it's taken its time to get into the Macs. So it's new for right. the mac so do that now on the macbook air and then we'll and then you know cause, and then because then it'll go for four years you yep. know four or five years looking exactly like it looks now mm-hmm. um with some new processor updates every so often new mac mini they they made a bit of fun of this, I think. There was a, you know, you could definitely read this as like they were kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Like Tim kind of made a lighthearted joke, like, you know, we know that our customers really want this. And then they made this like really bold video of it looking like it's coming from space. Um, but it's here. Uh, it's space gray now, which means it's for professionals. Um, it's also powerful. Uh, it starts with a four core i3, but can go up to six core i7. faster graphics, up to 64 gigabytes of RAM and 2 terabyte SSD. No spinning disk option. Um, There are images on the website that seem to indicate that the RAM is user upgradable, which is a big surprise. Yeah, that was the strong implication in Mm -hmm. the event as well, is like pros care... That these thing about these things, and so they've got the which is uh, yeah. I will say that is a good sign for the Mac Pro, right? The the, mm-hmm. the, the Mac if the Mac Mini is going to be user upgradable again, that is a very good sign for a modular Mac Pro, whatever that might mean. Uh, the Mac Mini gains T two. It has four Thunderbolt three ports, two USB A ports, and you can get uh, it has an Ethernet port which can go up to ten gigabytes, which is great. That's uh, great. It's so it's so it's it's gigabit internet, but it can do ten gigabit internet or Ethernet yep. if uh, you. It's like a custom con- config. Yes, you, you can have say, to, no, no, I want to the buy it that way. Ultra super fast, which is like the iMac Pro has that mm-hmm. built in, so it's an option here and all those ports like they said the right things which is we know that pros like ports and we know that this is a computer that is used by a lot of professional people to do all sorts of stuff so we're just going to throw them all on there four thunderbolt three two usb a go hdmi and a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack yeah just go for it because whatever that's of course that's the machine that needs to, anyway we'll get into that later on <laughs> yeah the mac mini that's the one that needs the headphone jack oh yeah don't don't keep it on the portable products um it's uh space gray made from the old ipads and iphones um the, the enclosure is mostly unchanged 799 dollars. so i'll ask you this question again is this the mac mini update that we've been waiting for is this what we wanted yeah, I'm surprised that they did not redesign the outside. Uh, I figured I figured that when they were going to bother redoing the Mac Mini, they would do something to make it look different. And instead, they made a video with a UFO 
and then uh, made, it made space, space gray. gray. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess that's the pro focus. If we had if we had done the old you know pro focus, like how do we define whether this has a pro focus or not? The answer is it's space gray. Mm-hmm. In the demo room afterward, it was paired with a space gray keyboard yep. and a space gray trackpad. Like, and they said the word professional a bunch. And do you know what they did? Yeah. Which I really appreciate it. They showed a bunch of edge cases, and they did. That's what this machine is all about. They showed Mac Stadium, right? Yep. They showed they showed all of these examples, including uh, like a slide and a whole spiel about like the existence of Mac Stadium the guy from Mac Stadium was there Brian the Mac Minicolo guy yep. he was he was he was in the audience uh, and apparently they told him um don't tell anybody you're in New York because <laughs> it gives it away, right? I mean, like what, what else would give it away more than that? So they, they he he kept it quiet, but um it is great, right? Like that is I like I thought it was the perfect way to talk about the Mac Mini, which is it's got what doesn't it do? It's got lots of uses. It's really uh, flexible. Um, we found that that a lot of these uses are they want more advanced stuff. They care about that stuff. Um, it is it fits perfectly in the thing that I've been saying for a long time about the Mini, which is that it is the escape valve for the Mac. Mm-hmm. That like Apple can be as opinionated as they want to be in other areas, especially like on the iMac, right? Um, but then there's like, or you just get a Mac Mini and it's got all the ports and do whatever. Yeah, just like shut up and leave us alone. Go buy that thing. It's useful to have that because they can just say, like, just get that. Just just get that. And uh, you know, that's why people have been cranky about the Mac Mini. It's not like the Mac Mini is the super important Mac product, but it fills a niche and has not, and or like a million tiny niches. And uh, those have not been uh, maintained for the last few years. So... Uh, it is legitimately the first good upgrade to the Mac Mini in like a decade. Because remember, the yep. last upgrade, which was a long time ago, was a downgrade because you lost the four-core processor. And now you can't get it without four cores, and you can up- upgrade it to six cores. So uh, people should be happy about it. But it also means you can spend a lot of money on a Mac Mini if you really want to. But you'll get, I would argue, like the high-level Mac Mini that's that's the mythical mid-range mini tower that people have been talking about. It doesn't have the expansion. Doesn't have the expansion. You'll have to do USB-C expansion, but you could do that. You could put a you can hang a an external GPU on it if you want to. Yeah. And this is an interesting machine. Like I don't know what my next computer will be, right? Um, ideally what I want and I've mentioned this before, like my next Mac to be something that I can expand and Maybe just expanding the RAM will be enough for me, and, and, and maybe I'll go to a Mac Mini. Like I'm waiting, right? Like I'm waiting for the Mac Pro. I'll wait to see what it's like next year, and then I'll make my decision there. And no, no doubt the Mac Pro and the Mac Mini will both work with that 5K Apple display when it yep. does come. Yep. So I'm kind of in a wait-and-see moment, but like that Mac Mini looks really great. Like I've been toying with the idea recently of, of getting like just building my own little home server for a bunch of reasons. I'm going to talk about one of them in a minute, actually. Um, mm. But... And I think that I will I will pick one of these up at some at some point pretty soon. I haven't ordered one immediately because I didn't think it was completely necessary that I needed to order one immediately. Because but basically all of these products are available for pre order today and the shipping next Wednesday, which is yes a super weird day. Um, but great. I'm like please, I want them as soon as possible. I don't want to wait till Friday for the iPad. So yeah, I'll take them Wednesday. Um, sure. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to get one of these as well at some point. But you, you mentioned IMAX. It was one of your picks. So no new IMAX, no Mac Pro teaser. I think no new IMAX, even just an update for processors is more surprising. It's, it's not the first time that they've blown past a year and uh, not updated them. They, they do seem to update them 
a little bit irregularly. So after I picked that last week, I was like, mm, maybe not, but mm-hmm. uh, it was too late. And and uh, yeah, so it, I think it's fine because I don't think they're going to go year. I think they'll probably update them next spring. And okay. it, it may have something to do with what Intel processors they want to put in there. It may be as simple, and I know this is hard to believe, but this is how Apple operates. It may be as simple as they can't make that many, ship that many new Mac models all at once because they've got a limited number of people who work on this stuff. Yep. And you think, well, if they're Apple, they're huge. And they are, but they don't have a huge staff. They've got a lot of people, but it's not like, I mean, there is a limit to how many products that they can, they can turn out at one time. Sure. And it may be that in the Mac group, like they prioritize the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini, and like we finally are going to give them some air, uh, uh, you know, some oxygen, right? We're finally going to finally you're going to get it. The price of that is that Mac, that, that iMac launch that we could have done this fall. We're going to do next spring instead. Like, and that's that's not a bad trade off, I would say, because the iMac's okay. The iMac's okay. It's it's only a year old. It's fine. So but I guess we're expecting the Mac Pro in June, right? I mean, it was, it was a very outside chance that we'd get a teaser today. It really does make the most sense that they either tease it or have re- like release op- like release information available yeah. at WWDC next year. I think we're. St- I'm still on the late 2019, early 2020 kind of train. I if I had to put money down, it would be that they will announce it at WWDC and ship it in like December, just <laughs> like, like the they did Pro. with the iMac Pro. Yeah, like yeah. there's a precedent for it. It makes sense. You know, I I understand what you're saying about the spring. I could also see them updating the iMacs at the same time, um, which would be a long time, but feels yeah. like a possibility to me as well. Yeah, they can't. I mean, if you got them and they're ready to go, then you might as well put them out the door and move on Let's to the next so. thing, yep. I guess. But we'll see. All right, today's episode is also brought to you by Luna Display. Have you ever looked at your iPad and wished mm. you could use it as a second display for your mm. Mac? Wouldn't that what? be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful? That's what Luna Display lets you do. So instead of now where you can connect an iPad to a, to a TV or whatever, wouldn't it be nicer to do it the other way around? Your iPad is a gorgeous display. They're about to get even more beautiful. Everyone always wants more space. I know I feel it today because like, I'm, I'm sitting here and I just have a laptop in front of me. Well, what about if I connect my iPad and now I have this beautiful two screens in front of me? Luna Display provides crystal clear image quality, reliable performance, and wireless flexibility. You just put a little piece of hardware into your Mac and you're good to go. It's this tiny little thing. It's just a little connector. You plug it in. You don't even need to have access to a Wi-Fi connection. You can connect it with USB as well. The Luna display is wonderful. You can set up your workspace anywhere so you can be productive at the office, in the studio, or on the go. It is a wonderful, wonderful app, wonderful service for your uh, Apple life. You get more screen real estate without the expense of buying a new screen. Luna also acts as a complete extension to your Mac. It supports external keyboards, and it supports your Apple Pencil and touch interactions as well, so you can interact with your Mac with a swipe of a finger or a tap of that beautiful pencil. I am. This is what I was talking about, about getting a Mac Mini. This is one of the reasons that I'm thinking about doing it, so I can set up a Mac Mini at home and plug in the Luna display, because I've been using it, I've been playing around with it on my iMac, but I turn my iMac off every day, because it has a bunch of audio equipment that I don't want to leave on. So I want to get a, a Mac Mini, put it somewhere in my home, plug the Luna display in, and then if I ever need to do anything Mac-related, because there are some things where it's like, oh, now I have to go to the office to do this one little thing. I wouldn't have to do that with Luna Display. Just open up my iPad and I'm ready to go. That is a wonderful future. Listeners of this show can get an amazing exclusive 10% discount 
on Luna Display. Just go to lunadisplay.com. That is L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com. Enter the promo code UPGRADE at checkout. That is lunadisplay.com and promo code UPGRADE at checkout to get 10% off. Our thanks to Luna Display for their support mm. of this show and Relay FM. I was a Kickstarter backer of this project, and I have tried it, and it works really well. Mm-hmm. And they've got two versions, too, because they've got a USB-C version and a mini DisplayPort version. Yep. So, you know, take your pick, and it looks great. It works better than any external uh, external iPad display thing I've ever tried. Um, and it is nice. Put that 12.9-inch iPad Pro that you might not be using anymore because you bought a new one to use oh, as damn. a second... As a second display. What a great idea. I didn't even think of that. Well, I can't use my 12.9. Not yours. Yours needs to, to get recycled. Yeah. But I do have a 10.5, which would <laughs> yeah, need sure. somewhere to go. That's a great idea. Yeah, mount Let's it. Let's talk yeah. about new iPads. New oh, iPads. Jason. Why are we shouting? I'm so oh, excited. It is excited. You know, I was thinking today, and this might, this is probably a recency thing, but who knows. I think I'm more excited for these iPads than I was for the iPhone 10. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am yeah. Very totally. Excited. 100%. I am very excited. You've held them, which I want to hear all about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Bless you. A quick, like a super quick rundown of what we've got it's two sizes they have edge-to-edge displays they are liquid retina displays yeah so just like the 10r they're they're liquid retina so it's an lcd display it's got uh led backlighting it is kind of they they're cutting around the edges to get the rounded corners and then doing like sub pixel anti-aliasing masking and all sorts of other tricks to do this curved look that they like from oled that l cd screens just can't do so they they make them look that way which is super tricky so it's basically the same approach that they took in the 10r but on uh on an ipad and they've got all the you know true tone promotion they've got all the all the same kind of like whizzy uh display technologies that they had in the previous ones um you mentioned the two sizes i think that i think they did exactly the right thing with mm-hmm. those two iPads, which is the, what they said on stage was perfect. They said, Ten, the 10.5 iPad, everybody likes that size. It's basically, you know, it's almost the size of the 9.7. It's it's a little bit bigger, but it's everybody likes the size. So we're keeping the size and just making the screen bigger. And with 12.9, and you and I can both testify to this, everybody likes that screen, but it's big. It's a big iPad. Big and so on the 12.9, we're going to keep the screen the same size and make the iPad smaller. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely the right decisions in both. So now we got an 11 inch iPad pro and another 12.9 with the bezels all pulled in and the home button gone. There was a delightfully quirky little video, that video. as they, mo- as they toss the home button away. With Phil and- Schiller doing like the most expert narration. It was so yeah. good. They did a good job with it. I've always wanted, I, I really like the idea that when you're making something smaller, like Apple always does, you have a video where, where you can use special effects to like have a, have a hand kind of like just shove it mm-hmm. in and now it's smaller. Like I, I really like that. It, it, it really illustrates that really um, well that they're doing that. And uh, I think both really great decisions. And of course that means there's um, face ID instead of touch ID. The home button is gone. And as a 12.9 user, um, I had been thinking that I might try the smaller iPad just because the 12.9 is a bit of a load. And then I, I look at this and I'm like, oh, I don't need to. I can just use the 12.9 and it'll be smaller. That's like even better because I love that screen. I, I, it's so great to have the big screen and run multiple apps. And now the whole thing's just going to be less ungainly than it currently is. So tell me, you've held them. You've been in the demo room. You've seen them both. I want to know... How different do they feel from each other? The two the two models? Yeah, because 
the screen sizes and the body sizes, they're closer together than they've ever been. Do they feel distinctly different still? I think so. I think okay. so, although I might argue that it's a little bit like the 10s and the 10s Max, where okay. if you use one for a while and then you use the other one, you go, oh, <laughs> this is mm-hmm. different. But then you get used to the, the one size. I do think it is a case where the screen of the one has grown and the size of the other one has shrunk. And as a result, they're more similar than they've ever been. Remembering that originally it was a 9.7 and a 12.9 and then it went to 10.5. Now it's 11. Like it's the, the small iPad Pro keeps wanting to be like its big brother. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I want to be like you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, easy, buddy, easy. You're, you're now only like 1.9 inches away. You can't get too close or we're the same product. <laughs> In a couple of years, it will be a 15-inch iPad Pro. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah, the low there, end there one. There you go. It's going to run away. It's going to beat this little guy. Now I'm at 15 inches. Like, oh, no. I There's a cartoon to be drawn um, about this probably by a listener. Uh, anyway, so, uh, but they're different. I mean, like, I, I picked up the, the 11 and held that for a while. And then I went and sought out a 12.9. And, yeah, it's bigger. It's it, I mean, it is the thing we all talk about, which is that it's it's the big it's the big brother it's you want a 11 inch screen or a 13 inch screen like with a macbook air let's say the classic kind of 11 or 13 yeah and you have to make you have to make the decision but they feel they feel so different mike i mean that's the big thing mm. for me about it is the if i had to describe the difference and i know it's only at the edges not the back the back of the current ipad pro is flat but the way i would describe these new iMacs or iPads is flat like and it's because of the edges because it's got flat edges instead of curved edges it it feels so it's more kind of boxy like the original iPad by the way the original iPad had the of course had the it flat was edges. yeah it was and so it's got the flat back completely flat and then it goes to the edge and I really like it um, it's going to take some getting used to holding uh, you know we already had to get used to holding an iPad with narrower bezels than before yep. when they redesigned it to have the the one side be narrower and now all the sides are are much narrower and so you know there there are those moments of like uh am i am i touching the side of the display and messing it up i know they do they do all sorts of palm detection and other kind of like rejection of of gestures on the side that they think are probably you you holding it but there, there's going to be some adaptation there but it is uh tim cook said something super weird which is you're essentially holding a light. It's like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was like far that. out, man. And it was yeah. just, it was like a bit much, but I get the point, which is the whole goal of this product is that you're, uh, it's a, just a display and yep. that everything just yep. disappears. And what they really hammered home during the app demos is it is the iPad is a screen that you can make be what you want it to be. And uh, they definitely follow, follow through with that. Face ID in every orientation. Every orientation, yeah. In fact, when you're speaking of holding the thing, um, if you try to unlock it and your finger's over the camera, because you may not be paying attention to which direction you're holding it, and the camera is kind of in the middle of that, the, the one of the uh, narrow sides, yep. um, it puts up a little thing that says um, camera covered. And po- a little arrow pointing at where the camera is on the screen there's like a little arrow pointing at your your thumb basically and saying that move it <laughs> and uh then you move it and it looks at your face and it unlocks and you can uh, yeah they they demoed it for us you know it was trained mm-hmm. to the face of the demo person yep. so they demoed it for us and you know they they unlocked it upside down 
where the camera's at the bottom. Okay. So there's kind of a distance and a weird angle up to the face of the guy who was demoing it. It was fine. So we'll see how it is in practice, but it looked like it worked great and they figured out a way to make that camera um, and those detectors work at various angles, um, hmm. left, right, up, and down. So that that is a big surprise, I think. I, I don't think I was expecting that. And and they said that this was, along with many other things, possible because of the A12X bionic chip. Um, so this is an increase on what's in the current iPhone models. It is, uh, as they refer to it, as a super powerful eight-core CPU. So it has the high-efficiency cores and like the power, like the performance cores. Yeah, and it'll run all eight if if it needs to. Yeah, very much like the A12. It is thirty-five percent faster on single-core processors than the previous iPad. Ninety percent faster on multi-core. As a seven-core GPU, which is two times faster. And super weirdly, they showed us a slide which has an Xbox on it, and they said the graphics are comparable to an Xbox One S. And I was like. Okay, like it was, it was really strange to see that comparison. Yeah, but but they when they brought out the two K, the 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 NBA two K people, right? Those graphics were incredible. Now that game, I don't know how you play it because like it's no controller, you're just like tapping on stuff. It's a basketball game. Yeah, I don't really know where it works. But irrespective of that, the graphics quality was it was comparable to consoles. Now Xbox One S is the lower-powered version of the Xbox. There is an Indeed. Xbox One X, which is yes. the 4K one. That's but the one we have. Nevertheless, these graphics are console... Like They, they look like a console's graphics. Like That is very impressive what they've been able to do. And the A12X brings with it the Neural Engine, which is the first time that this has been available uh, on an iPad. Right. So that's probably what is helping. Well, it's definitely what's helping the Face ID, but I'm sure there'll be many other things that will be enhanced because of that, which is really exciting. Anything using the uh, machine learning stuff mm-hmm. will will pick up that uh, neural engine in the A12X. All day battery life? Yeah, yeah. This is something that they said, again, it, it, it's great, right, the concept, but this is an interesting example where Apple has decided to back away from specifics. And mm-hmm. they said multiple times during the event uh, about the MacBook Air, about the iPad Pro. Uh, it Of course, it offers all-day battery life. And this, I feel like, is Apple's code word for, like, you know, remember when uh, Stephen Hackett and I were talking about this and I made a chart about, like, quoted battery life in uh, on the iPad over, the, over time and how it's always 10 hours and it's varied a little bit. I feel like they've just decided... Their philosophy is we want you to be able to get through the day of normal, a day of normal use with this device. And so we're going to stop saying, well, on this device, we consider 10 hours normal use. And on this device, we consider six hours normal use. Mm-hmm. They've just backed all the way off to say it lasts all day. And that's it. That's all they want to say. I'm sure there are specs and at times quoted in, uh, you know, on, on a site somewhere or in a reviewer's guide or something like that. But in the presentation, they didn't talk about how many hours of battery life because it gets complicated, like what were the tests and all that. They just said it has all-day battery life. We are confident, and they walk away at that point. There is no headphone jack um, on this iPad. The headphone jack is gone. Uh, there's no included dongle. Apple makes one. There is a USB-C to 3.5 millimeter right. headphone jack, right. a dongle that you can buy. Remember, no lightning anymore. It's got USB-C. Mm-hmm. And so that means the lightning adapter you've got won't work with it. You need a USB-C headphone adapter yep. if you want to use wired headphones with the iPad. I've already seen a million headlines about this, and this is going to be the thing that people talk about. And I'll just say it is annoying. I didn't want it to happen. I mentioned it. 
but I'm going to get by. Like, I'll if I want to use my 3.5 millimeter headphones, I will get a USB-C dongle and put it on there and keep it. Or maybe, I, and maybe I'll buy USB-C headphones or maybe Bluetooth headphones and probably get some dongle that has two USB ports on it so I can power it. Like, sure, sure it's going to be annoying, but I'm not going to let this thing taint my feelings about what looks to be an incredible product. Like, I am frustrated to see that the Mac Mini keeps its 3.5 millimeter headphone jack because that feels yeah, I mean, almost and the MacBook silly. Air. And the MacBook Air and the, and the, you know, the, and the iPad doesn't. But... This is not going to be a thing that I'm going to get all bent out of shape about in a, over a long period of time because I'll get used to it. Like there, there are other options. It is a frustration. It's a shame, but this product looks so incredible in every other way. I'm, it's just like okay, like that's what that's my trade off. That's what I lose. Fine. Yeah, I I agree with you that in the end, it's not going to diminish my enthusiasm for the product very much. That said, it bugs me because it's a pro product. Yes, and one of the pro uses of a pro product is going to be audio and um, wireless headphones have latency issues. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing something that requires precision audio, you either will have to get a new set of headphones that are wireless that are using a version of Bluetooth that has completely eliminated latency. Do those exist? Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, Or, you will have to buy an adapter and use your wired headphones because like the only time I ever plug in, well, that's not true. Sometimes if I'm on a plane or something, I'll watch a movie and then I'll plug in headphones. Um, but the primary reason I plug in headphones on the iPad Pro is to edit, usually yep. Yep. audio, mm-hmm. and I can't have latency, right? I can't press play and then wait and it starts to roll and then eventually the you know the audio appears and then I can hear it and I pause it and you know and there's a delay that you can't do that and wired headphones there's no delay so um, it frustrates me because that strikes me as a pro use they showed all of the like like DJ software running on it like I guess the DJ will have a dongle to do audio out because they're not going to do like Bluetooth to their giant DJ system, right? Jason, there are lots of very popular and successful DJs in Dongletown. You know, they're there too, you know? The DJs the DJs of Dongletown. The people in, in Dongletown <gasps> want to dance, Mike. They want to dance. They do. And they should they should be allowed to. <laughs> they can't let anybody stop them. It's like, look, we're going to talk about it this probably just one time. And it's just like, we we'll, we'll, might bring it up later on when we get other frustrations. But like, what are you going to do, right? Like, this is just how it is. And it will be this way, and we'll get used to it. Uh, my hope is that adding USB-C will be overall a huge benefit. And I don't they didn't go into tons about what it can do. There are a few things which are interesting, right? Like they show connecting cameras, they show connecting it to a display. One thing that is super cool is you can charge your iPhone from your iPad, which is great. Like it's just like, okay, great. Like that is a, yeah, that's a thing where it's like, well, now I have a benefit that I didn't have before. And that is one. My iPad always has battery. My iPhone doesn't always, you know? So that's like a great thing that it can do it. The battery is way bigger. Um, and I'm just hoping that the potential future of USB-C is going to be a good one for the iPad that makes all this worth it. I will say that like they didn't really show off a lot that I didn't see anything about external storage. I don't know if it can do it yet. We're going to have to wait and see how that all that sort of stuff works. But if it doesn't now, I'm confident they will add it in the next version of iOS. Like 
I believe there was a there was a really good reason that they've done this, and it's going to show over time, and it will make up for any of the the disadvantages of adding USB C. You know, like I think it's a overall probably yeah. a good thing. I, I you know never you never assume, but it feels like the the popular conspiracy theory is there were originally going to be a lot of iPad features in iOS twelve, and they mm-hmm. got kicked out to mm-hmm. iOS thirteen. That was reported, um, and you build your hardware over a long period of time. So presumably, the move to USB-C on the iPad Pro predated kicking features out of iOS 12. And therefore, the way that this this theory goes, mm-hmm. there are probably a whole bunch of things that will be in iOS 13, where we'll get the beta in June, that will improve the iPad Pro and perhaps specifically USB-C. I had to laugh... Um, Again, you know, marketing is you put your best foot forward and you try to make pe- everybody feel like this is the natural uh, right thing to do and isn't it great? And sometimes if you know a lot about a subject, you see marketing and you're like, mm, what are they doing there? And I had that moment where they were extolling the virtues of USB-C by showing somebody like you could be a- 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 attached to an external monitor and plug in a digital SLR. And I thought, well, yeah, because that's like all you can do. That's literally all iOS will let you do. They're using like the two use cases there. Yeah. They might as well also plug in a keyboard. Like and you could phone. also plug in a keyboard <laughs> and you could charge your phone. You could do all what can it do? And the answer is everything else plug in a hard drive no you can't do that uh so we'll 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 see we'll see what they what they do and if they change it because that's that's my particular bugaboo about ios support of USB-C is ios doesn't support um you know storage that you can't plug in a flash drive or a hard drive and see what's on it in files app which you should be able to do and you can't. And I think it being USB, it's even more of an expectation that USB devices will work with it. And out of the box, it looks like a lot of the USB devices will just not, just like they don't really work with uh, the current versions via adapter. So, oh, well, it is a tr- in some cases going to be trading one set of dongles for another. And in other cases, you'll have USB-C devices and you'll just be able to plug them or get a cable. And then you won't need an adapter for your iPad anymore. And that's nice. So these iPads come in 64 gigabytes, 256 gigabytes, 512, and 1 terabyte. The 1 terabyte Terabyte is also enabled by A12X, and you can do that for the A12X Bionic chip. chip. Not the A1210 Bionic chip. No, it's it's not that. Uh, The 10.5-inch starts at $799. The 12.9-inch starts at $999. They are both more expensive than the previous versions. Um, But that makes sense to me. Uh, I know that this stuff is can be frustrating for people, but I can look at these products and feel like, yeah, they do look like more expensive than the other ones. So I, I think I kind of get it. The 10.5 is sticking around at a at a cheaper price point. Um, ordering today, shipping next Wednesday. Who doesn't like a Wednesday? Everyone loves Wednesdays now. But that's not the whole story. Yes, Mike, you got an Apple Pencil too, and I got about 75% of what I wanted, and I can't believe I got that much. Oh, so yeah. it has magnets in it. Well, there's magnets all over the place. There's magnets for the Apple Pencil and the smart keyboard now. Yeah, yeah. They, they said there are 102 magnets. It's <laughs> a lot of magnets. So, great. It's good That's we don't use uh, v- like VCR tapes anymore because they'd all be wiped. Don't put your old floppy disks against the <laughs> iPad Pro. Uh, the new Pencil attaches magnetically to the top of the iPad, which means it has a flat edge 
Oh my gosh. So happy about that. I did not mm-hmm. expect them to do this, but a flat edge means it can stick to the iPad, but also means it won't roll anymore. It has That's a flat right. edge to put down. A flat edge, by the way, that you can get engraved if you uh-huh. want to. Federico was ordering his and he was like, I'm going to put Tichi on it. <laughs> I was thinking, so here's the thing I want to get them engraved, but I was thinking, does that make the shipping slower? I don't know. I didn't want to risk it because I really right. want it all at the same time. So. Uh, I didn't do it. Uh, I did see a tweet earlier on today that Marco uh, posted. It says Mike was right on an Apple Pencil, which I'll probably uh, will have to do at some yeah. point, right? Like, I'm probably yeah. going to have to do that. So so the, the it's not... So magnet magnet to hold it. So it's they have a plan of how you're going to hold this thing against your iPad. It's mm-hmm. great. And it, and it was... It's, it's not a... Uh, it's a solid hold. It's not a, a, a falls off when you shake the iPad kind of hold. It's a solid hold. There's a little strip. You can actually see it. There's a little thing on the side, mm-hmm. and that's the magnet spot where the uh, pencil goes. And it's not just a magnet spot. It's an induction charging spot. That is, I did not expect them to do this. This is perfect and incredible, and I can't believe they've done it. So they said, like, it will always be with you, and it's always charged. It's like, yeah. That's what we want. And uh-huh. now there's no little thing to pop off and lose. Like That's right. They have done... So, like, I wanted other things, right? Like, I wanted it to be made of a different material. But what they have done is they've made it a matte finish. So, I'm like, I'm interested to see how that feels. But stuff like wireless, induct- like wireless induction charging of some kind, I don't, I don't think it's chi. I didn't say. But it's just it charges in, in wirelessly somehow. Yeah. That is something that I wouldn't have expected for the second version. So that is a real exciting thing. Um, I wanted a button. They've given me the Apple version of a button. It You you double tap on the pencil on, a, on yeah. the touch-sensitive area that exists to change tools. Yeah, Apple doesn't want to give you buttons, but Apple is happy to give you... I don't know this, and I don't know what it says on the website because, again, I'm in that cone of silence, but it looked to me aw- awfully like what it is is an accelerometer. Where the, the sure, that makes sense. Where where the pencil is mm-hmm. is just feeling that you're tapping on it because it's yeah. not swipe or anything. It's you tap on the on the thing like think the AirPods. Of, think on the AirPods. Yeah, that's, that's exactly probably right. That, it's just man. like the AirPods. So you tap, and then there's a system setting. You can say like, do you want this to be tap to go or between eraser and not, or tap to go to the previous tool or not? Yeah. Well, it's it's better to say it is an app setting, not a system setting. So No, there is a system setting, although I think it may be for the that's notes. That's for app. notes though. Yeah, that's yeah. for notes. That's notes yeah. setting. So you can you can double tap and change tools and and those can be f- programmed to do different things. So I'm right. interested to see how developers do this. When they showed a Photoshop, the double tap was zooming in and out. Um, I'm excited to see what this could be. Like what I, what I asked for, right, is you press a button and you can use an eraser. This is the Apple version of doing that. It wasn't that I yep. specifically wanted a button. I wanted what a button provides, which was for you to, without having to tap in the interface, have quick actions to get to another function. I think this is wonderful. Um, weirdly, there is a two-pencil maximum for online ordering. Um, I ordered two Apple Pencils. I'll get to why later on. I accidentally put three in the cart, and it wouldn't let me check out. Interesting. Well, it's, people are hoarding Apple Pencils now. Yeah, I think that might be what it was. I, By the way, I have lots of original Apple Pencils for cheap now. <laughs> <laughs> lots? Why do you have lots? Uh, it's, I, every, every time I review an iPad, I get an Apple Pencil, and it's uh, like, I don't, I have an Apple Pencil. And they're like, no, here's another Apple Pencil. I'm like, I don't, okay, yes. It's like, no, no, fine. you don't understand. Here's another one. It's like, I have yeah. so many. Come on. I, this, there's so, one. so many. Smart Keyboard Folio. Oh, boy. Okay, so 
we got sort of what we were looking for, but sort of not. So it's okay. not a bridge keyboard a where keyboard. it is a metallic Infinitely laptop adjustable laptop infi- thing. Exactly. What we got is a so it is that theory of what was going on in the back there was absolutely right. There is a magnetic smart connector that's on the back. And and I said last week, the only you know, the only way that makes sense for the smart keyboard is if it's going to be with a back cover like yep. the old smart cover was and that's exactly what it is it looks absolutely nothing like the rumored images right no they, it looks not, it just looks like a smart connector with three prongs instead of five it's literally just three metallic dots on the back surface that's all it is there's no inset you know it, nothing no like big that ovals, it's just nothing yeah. no just three it's not the even three in the same place circles. right like all of the the, the the leaked images are having at the top but it's at the bottom yeah so it's um so that's interesting. It, it does mean that you're the way they reading between the lines. I think what they're saying is, um, it was a little fiddly to get the smart connector right on the edge of the iPad. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, this way is much less fiddly because you're, you're snapping it on the back. And I think the magnets are super strong, right? 106 magnets. There are lots of magnets back there. All the great magnets. And it, all the great magnets, <laughs> it, they align it and hold it steady. Yep. Um, so, so it's providing some level of rigidity that is necessary, you know, stability for this thing, because mm-hmm. we always complain about how um, it's a little bit flimsy. And then uh, the front, when you fold it out, um, you get these two above. It still doesn't have a function row, which I know there are no function keys on the iPad, but there are uh, media playback controls. Yeah, all third-party keyboards have some kind of function thing. Like, you can do it, but Apple just... Right, so they still they still don't have that, which frustrates mm-hmm. me because when I'm listening to music on my iPad, for example, having a keyboard shortcut to make it pause is nice, and I don't... They, they still don't do that, so oh well. But they do have these two... So it used to be, the way it worked was your... Um, the the folding triangle thing happened and that as part of that you know you get it set up in that would be the angle um and now when you open it up you get this part that's that's behind where the keys are that there are two little ridges or little divots um and you can put the ipad in either one so it's essentially giving you two angles which they say is sort of like one is for your lap and one is on a table or whatever but it's two angles and uh, you know, I got to try it on a table, but my hope is that it's more um, usable in a lap than the smart keyboard is because yeah. it's not because it's a flat surface um, and then the iPad is up and the, the iPad is resting on the flat surface instead of like a kickstand. It's mm-hmm. it, so that whole rigid flat surface of the keyboard is what goes on your lap. And then held by magnets, the iPad is at an angle on, resting on it. And so it should be much more stable than the smart cover or keyboard. Smart, It's called the smart keyboard, you know, the one yeah, that was like a cover. Keyboard. And this one is like a folio. Yeah. And so it's different. So, you know, I'm excited about that. I like that keyboard. I like the, the key style of it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be way better on the 12.9 because the 12.9 dimensions are smaller. And that was the problem with the 12.9 smart keyboard. It's just it was such a load because it had to be the same size as the whole iPad. Um, and so to shave off, you're not just shaving off size from the iPad, you're shaving off size from the keyboard cover, which is really, that's good. So I'm, I'm really optimistic about that. I am a little bit down on the fact that the 12.9 of this Folio keyboard thing is going to cost 200 bucks. Whoa. Um, Apple, Apple is not, 
Again, never bet on Apple charging you less when they can charge you more. Mm-hmm. I'll point out that the bridge keyboard that you and I both have and that Federico has, that only costs 150 bucks. <laughs> so so this is this is more expensive than the metal external Bluetooth keyboard thing. Um, and you know, I don't know what Bridge is going to do because uh, they have little clips that attach to the bezels. So I'm really not quite sure what they're going to what they're going to do if they're going to yeah. be able to make uh, a version of their keyboard for these things. I guess we can assume it won't fit, right? Especially the 12.9 one. 12.9, I, I don't see. I mean, short short of them maybe making like a little bracket that goes in there that, that yeah. you then rest the iPad in or something like that. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm sure there's a way for them to figure it out and they will figure it out. Maybe they'll even make a version of the keyboard that's got the little, you know, uh, yeah, who knows? We'll Magnets. Magnets can fix things, right? <laughs> the folio looks really great. I love the back and front cover. I think it's going to look real nice. I think it's going to feel real nice. But here's something that I'm a bit bummed about. It doesn't have, it doesn't seem to do the the thing where you can flip the keyboard around and stand it up to like watch videos and stuff. You've always got to have the keyboard in front of you. Like you can't, it doesn't look like yeah. this keyboard or this one could be flipped right around again. And that's the bummer for me because mm. it's probably going to mean that I end up buying another thing like the cover because it's got the regular cover and yep. having one of those as well which is like another $80 because when I'm on planes and stuff I like to be able to stand it up and you can stand it up and you can still have tons of space on the tray in front of you so we'll see I'll see how that goes I mean it's a little bit frustrating but the, the I, I would expect the benefit of the uh, adjustable angle is going to really be good for me in the long run so I'm excited I'm just excited to see some innovation there um, that Apple's doing some some different stuff. I'm also very happy that you can buy the British English version immediately. You don't have to wait for six months uh, like they have done in the past. Yeah, so that's great. You get your weird return key and everything. Great return key. All the great return keys. Um, this is just such a amazing looking device. I'm so excited. I'm really yeah. excited for this whole thing. Uh, this is the the one I you know I during the Mac sec- segment I was like. I'm very excited. I love the Mac. I'm so glad they're giving the Mac some love. And then we got to the iPad Pro, and I was like, "Oh boy!" <laughs> like it <laughs> was because this is because honestly, like yeah. I I bought my Mac. Also, my Mac thirst is quenched. I bought mm-hmm. an iMac Pro last mm-hmm. December, so I've got a really awesome Mac, and I'm also using a first generation 12.9 inch iPad Pro. I'm ready for a new iPad Pad Pro. I'm yeah. ready for what this is. So I'm you know that that takes it up a level too like i i this is my travel and in the house device i use this when i'm not at my desk and and i'm gonna get a new one that looks great so have we covered everything do you feel good about everything and that we've gone through all the products that we wanted to talk about yeah i feel like it i feel like uh i mean i'm sure there's more to pick apart i'm sure that over the next week there are going to be details coming out not only just on the web and interviews with apple execs that maybe are happening now with people in the press who they'll drop tidbits and presumably at some point there'll be you know people doing product previews or reviews or Mm -hmm. youtube clips or who knows what apple's going to do this time for the product rollout but the, we'll, the get, we'll get more going to come very quickly would be my expectation because we've got a week so at least maybe not reviews right. but like what would be the embargoed stuff i mean it's probably going to come on monday or tuesday of next week um, so that'd be fun so we've not got yeah. long to wait for these things yeah so more more to talk about certainly but i think for now i i think we've covered a lot of it i bought all of it jason yeah you know i it's the same old story mike which is i have the luxury of um, of getting the review units yep. oftentimes. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, I I get to try them 
mm-hmm. like uh, get an extended trial period before I gonna, I'm going to buy it. I'm certainly going to buy an iPad Pro. Mm-hmm. If you had asked me going into this event, I would have said I might try the smaller one depending on how it feels. Now I feel almost certain that I will buy the 12.9 because it's smaller and still has that beautiful big screen. Oh, I didn't even mention the te- the so the 11-inch, that's a different... Because they just kept the same size and made the screen taller, it's a different aspect ratio. It's not four by three, exactly. Oh. And as a result, software, for all these things, because they've got like uh, uh, like content safe areas and all that, apps need to be updated. Yeah. So on one of the iPads, I, I saw a uh, uh, I saw a Shortcuts, an Apple app <laughs> launch oh, no. on the iPad 11, and it had black bars on the sides. I was like, hmm, aha, interesting. So there will be a period of adjustment for app developers too. Yeah, but there's a frustrating thing that was pointed out to me by John Voorhees because he's been watching some of the developer videos that they've been showing. If you have an updated app with 12.1 SDK and a non-updated app running side by side, it forces them both into a like side, like non-updated mode. Right? Oh, so weird. they both go into compatibility mode, so they level out. So like Google's going to ruin everything for a while. Yeah. 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 So um, I will undoubtedly buy uh, an iPad Pro, probably the 12.9. I will certainly buy a Mac Mini because my Mac Mini has the spontaneous question mark that happens where it I have to huh? turn it off. <laughs> I have to turn it off and on because it's like, oh, I forgot what I am. Like yeah. your computer. Hello, wake up. And then you you, you flip the what is power computer, off and on. Jason? What and is it comes, a computer, Jason? What is a computer? Tim Cook says the iPad is a computer. So it is. I don't even know what's going on there. Um, so... Uh, I'm going to get those and um, MacBook Air, you know, I don't use a Mac laptop very much anymore. I do have an old MacBook Air. My son, who is a freshman in high school, is using a very old MacBook Air of mine, um, a hand-me-down from many, many, many years before, uh-huh. uh, 11-inch, and uh, it's a miracle the thing still works and that it runs anything, quite honestly. So... Is it possible that I might end up getting him this MacBook Air at some point? Um, yes, it is possible. So th- I may end up buying all of it, Mike, is what I'm saying. And that is terrifying, but hey, uh, it happens. I haven't bought any of those things in a long time. Uh, I've ordered both iPad Pros, two smart keyboards, and two Apple Pencils. Woo! Wow. Yeah, yeah I've, been, I've been saving for this. Like, I've been waiting for yep. this since June, right? Like, I've been, I've been putting the money aside, and these are my computers, and I don't know if I will keep both. I expect that I will, honestly, um, because I use them both for the very distinct purposes. Like, my 10.5 is with me now. My 12.9 is at home. When I get home, I'm using the 12.9, and I've been starting to use the 10.5 for reading and looking at stuff in bed and stuff like that. So I have, like, real distinct uses for both of these machines, um, and I am absolutely thrilled to be able to get my hands on them. I, I I love doing in-store pickup, and you can't order them for install pickup right now so i have to order them for home which i hate because then it never delivers and it's just like a whole big thing so you know yeah fingers crossed i guess for me yeah i'm 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 looking forward to trying it out uh and seeing about the sizes too because that's really we 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 have our gut feeling here but Mm -hmm. it is like the ones getting bigger and the ones getting smaller and so how different are they uh in the end i think there will still be some distinct differences but we'll just have to see 
yeah, I'm really, really, really excited. And I'm Bring so excited on to November play around 7th. Apple Pencil. Boy, oh boy, I can't wait to get my hands on that thing. It looks to be... Honestly, Jason, this is going to change how I use the Apple Pencil, like, significantly. Yeah. I'm going to use it more. It being charged all the time, you know, that will be great. You know, the best pencil is the one you have with you. That's not... I mean, yeah. Mm-mm. See? Maybe. Anyway, this episode <laughs> is brought to you by... PDF Pen, the ultimate tool for editing PDFs from our friends at Smile, talking about using the Apple Pencil. I'm so excited to be able to sign PDFs with my new Apple Pencil on my new iPad because I do this all the time. I use PDF Pen on my iPad pretty much every day, especially right now as we're getting to go into a new year. Lots and lots of contracts going backwards and forwards for me right now with my job. And I use PDF Pen to open those contracts, to sign them, to take horrifically formatted word documents and turn them into something which is usable and i can sign it with my apple pencil i i use pdf pen for this all the time with pdf pen you'll be able to say goodbye to filling and go like to filing and go completely paperless with scanning an ocr you can mark up and highlight pdfs like it's so simple you can even search and redact sensitive information so if you have some like account numbers or whatever you can get those redacted in pdfs you can even correct text without having the original documents it is that clever with pdf pen you can insert remove and reorder pages adjust images and move them around you can record and playback audio annotations or even add watermarks to your pdfs these are all some wonderful wonderful features and if you go for pdf pen pro on the mac as well you'll be able to create fillable forms create table of contents and so much more and for lovers of dark mode, PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro on the Mac version 10.2 includes support for dark mode on Mojave, plus smoother scrolling, faster thumbnail drawing, and increased maximum zoom. Basically, if you deal with PDFs at all, you need PDF Pen. Learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro today at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. That is smilesoftware.com slash podcast to find out more. Our thanks to Smile and PDF Pen for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. I have a uh, an item that we can put in the show notes, which is a tweet from my friend Andy Anatko. If you'd like a picture of me saw this. T- trying out the I- the twelve point nine, yeah, you may you may see it there. That is that is literally what I'm doing, and I, I did that notice picture. that the the waiting line was right below me, and I was like, okay, I better I better make the snappy. But yeah, I'm I'm getting it. the The lady to to the left there is like trying to do an AR demo, and I'm literally like, yes, why don't you let me hold it and look at the AR image? Because I don't care about your AR demo <laughs> at all. I care about holding this thing in my hands. Look at that smile. Look at that right? smile. Right? You're and so happy. Little, and look, look what's on the top of it, Mike. There's a little pencil. pencil. There's a little pencil just punched up there. Is that like a Lego set next to you? Yeah, something? The, that's okay. the Lego. Uh, oh, that was also clever. an AR, an AR thing. So they no had one wants there. to do the AR demo, right? So you just rush in. That, that's well. So I, we were waiting for a, a standard 12.9 demo, and I had somebody come up to me and say. Uh, an Apple person say the there are twelve point nines back here uh, with the AR demos. You could you could look at those and we're like that was great because there was nobody over there. Yeah. But at the same time, those people had been trained to uh, do their spiel about AR, and it's like I really don't care. And I didn't say this. I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, could I try yeah. it? Uh-huh, and then uh-huh. then it was like, yeah, let me. Whoa, look, I'm moving it around while also holding uh, holding it and feeling what it was like so like yep that's yep, a mm-hmm, that's a fun mm-hmm, great, fun thing great. thank you to thank you to andy <laughs> for spotting me having fun while he was just waiting in a line i feel Very bad nice. about that part we have some hashtag ask upgrade to get to new york so, lasers 
John asks, am I right in assuming that the new iPads have tapped to raise to wake? Like you can tap on the screen or pick them up to wake them now that there's no home button. They do. I don't know if you saw this, but I read it in the documents. I didn't do the tap to uh, like raise to wake, but I did the tap. Um, just I did it completely instinctually Ooh, yeah. because mm-hmm. it's an iPhone 10 gesture. And I went tap and it was like, aha, yes, that, that totally worked. That was, yeah, absolutely. It is. These are like big, I would say big iPhone 10 10s, but it's like probably like really giant iPhone 10 R's kind of, mm-hmm. right? Because it's the LCD screen. And there's no notch, but there is like all those kind of iPad, all the iPhone 10 gestures that we complained were kind of like inconsistent between that and the iPad. They're all consistent now. That's really great. That's it's, that's just going to make it easier to move between devices, I think. And and the the tap to wake one is just it's just a really great gesture that I enjoy anyway. So I'm super happy to see that come to the iPad. Frank asks, Jason, since the new iPad Pro hasn't made the jump to OLED yet, does it look noticeably different than your OLED phone? No, I mean you could read my iPhone 10R review, which just posted yesterday. Uh, we'll talk the, about that next week, by the way, just yeah. so people know. Like the the iPhone 10R, Jason has one. Um, and has reviewed it, and I think that's going to be a real good topic for next week. But yeah, we can talk about it a little now too. Yeah, it, it just I I wanted to point out that um, you know until last year all the iPhones were just LCD displays, not OLEDs, and um, it was fine, <laughs> right? And so no, that that's my answer is will I notice that the blacks aren't as black as on my iPhone? Yes, but I don't use my iPhone for the same things I use my iPad for and um I don't really notice it that much now when I have the current, yeah. you know, the last generation iPad and the iPhone 10, so I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, our next question comes from Alex and Alex wants to know is the new Apple Pencil and or its new features compatible with older iPad Pros or the current iPad? Uh the answer is no. Um, on I looked at I looked this up earlier. This new Apple Pencil is just for the third generation iPad Pros, um, and Apple are still selling the previous version of the Apple Pencil for the 10.5 inch and the regular iPad. So there's two yeah. different Apple Pencils available right now. And and they didn't say anything. I am assuming that the Logitech Crayon doesn't work with these either, but I don't know. Yeah, because this is the thing. They haven't really said how they pair. They just said they pair automatically. Oh, well, they, pay, they pair when you attach it magnetically. That's that's how they pair. That's how it's, it's doing it's it. It's that simple. You literally snap it on, and if it hasn't been paired yet, it slides down a thing that says, oh, here's a new Apple Pencil. Would you like to pair it? And you say yes, and that's sure. it. But like, what is the underlying technology? Do you I don't, know? Is it Bluetooth? I don't know. Is it something more? Because again, it's like, I don't know. will that automatically switch between iPads? Like, this is stuff we don't know yet. So, right. you, you know, so that would be like, oh, well, that's not the Bluetooth anymore. Probably Good that question. might be something else. So we'll wait and see on that one. Christopher wants to know, Jason, what are your thoughts on the squared off edges of the new iPad? Like, is it comfortable for you to hold? Are you excited yeah. about balancing it on tables? Like, what what do you think? Lo- I love it. I love the feel of it. Like I said, the, the you know, going from curve to flat, um, it is they feel good i like the flat edges i like the look of it i think they look really good it does harken back to the original ipad which had mm-hmm. the flat edges it harkens back to the iphone 5 style design which is a good design i think and uh yeah i, I just i mean everybody can have their own opinion about it it's kind of uh purely aesthetic i guess unless you uh, it, they felt good to hold <laughs> like they they look good they felt good i like them i like that it's uh uh you know, it's it's good to for me. I'm I'm quite happy with it. Then again, I also only held them for short periods of time. So yeah. if there's an issue where it's not as good when you hold it for a you know an hour, then I don't know that part yet. Yeah, 
we'll wait and see. Um, so I, I, I like the design. I like it. I think it looks really fancy. It, I, I like when you have something you use all the time and then it changes just ever so slightly. So it feels new, right? Like, yeah. and that's going to make it feel and look really new is these new edges. I think it's going to be really cool. Uh, Giles wants to know uh, what the MacBook Air keyboard feels like. Um, I, I don't know if you'd had much time with yeah. the, the third generation one or not. I don't remember. I, I typed on this and I typed on, uh, have I used the third? I don't know if I've used the third. I used the second generation, which my understanding is is pretty uh, similar. And of course, the first generation on the original MacBook. And the answer is, you know, that's what it is. It's, it, do you know these keyboards, these butterfly keyboards? That's what That's what it is. That, you know, love it or hate it, that's what it is. Nick wants to know, how do you feel about the camera bump on the iPad? So the camera, we didn't even mention this, by the way. It's a really good camera. It has, like, smart HDR. It has everything. So it's it's a pretty powerful camera system going into this. But it has introduced an iPhone XR-like bump on the the back, right? They look very similar, actually. Um, How do you feel about it? Isn't there a uh, wasn't there a camera bump on the iPad before? There is, there is, but I, I think it's a little bit. I think it looks a little bit more pronounced if it if it is or it isn't. But yeah. I just wondered if you had had any thoughts about it. I have no opinion about it really. Um, I don't think it's a big deal. I very rarely am using my iPad flat on a table, mm-hmm. um, and I usually have it in a case anyway. But I very rarely have it flat on the table, so I don't really think I care. I w- I will tell you sometimes I. I am sitting somewhere with my iPad and I want to take a photo immediately and I am always disappointed with how bad the iPad camera is. So I'm excited that the iPad camera got a, such a big update. And by the way, on the front-facing camera, since it's got the whole um, uh, Touch ID stuff, Face ID, I mean, not Touch ID, the whole Face ID stuff in that in that sensor bar, um, there's a por- portrait mode. There's a a, a portrait oh. selfie mode that you can enter in the camera app, and it's a little bit different um, because it's only on the on the front. It's not on the rear, okay. I believe. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to do a portrait selfie on the iPad Pro, you can, you can do that too. Yeah. And we're assuming it has Memoji. They didn't show it, but I'm assuming it has it. I don't know why it wouldn't, right? Yeah. Have 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 uh, Animoji and Memoji because it's got all the stuff. Yeah. The only, yeah, I mean, unless there's some quirk where it can do face ID in every orientation, but it can't do Animoji in every orientation or something like that. They definitely didn't mention it, but I, I can't imagine that it doesn't, given that it's got that sensor. Uh, I saw Matthew Panzerino on Twitter because somebody asked him, and he, he posted a little video of, like, if you put the iPad flat and use the Apple Pencil, does it rock? And it doesn't. It, it, it seems to stay pretty stable. One of the yeah. other things is, honestly... I'm going to use it with the folio on and the folio cancels out the bump because it goes all the way around the back now. So if you use it like that, which I think is really the primary way to use the the iPad Pros are in with the keyboard. Um, I know it's more expensive, but it it really does feel like the way the device is designed to be used. You never even notice the bump. And lastly today, Eugene wants to know, do we think that there are enough magnets to actually attach and hold an iPad Pro to a fridge? (laughs) I don't know. I guess it depends whether it's positive or negative, right? But Eugene, you buy one and try it yourself and let us know. Because yeah. we may we may not experiment with us that Ooh. ourselves. I I uh I do wonder if we will see some accessories that are all uh sort of like trying to take advantage mm-hmm. of that magnet array. My expectation is the new smart connector placement and all these magnets in theory will make it easier to make stuff for it, but I guess we we will have to just wait and see if anybody bothers again, you know. Yeah. 
Um, so because we we still don't know if like the reason there hasn't been smart connector accessories were a problem with the smart connector or just a lack of interest from manufacturers. I, I think the bottom line is that um, in the grand scheme of things, there aren't that many iPad Pros sold. Yeah, and there and there are two different sizes of them now. They're you know e- even newer sizes of them now, making it harder. And to, to you know yeah simple. yeah like you make an iPhone case and you can sell a million of them. You make an iPad Pro 12.9 case, how many of those can you sell? So I think that's I think that's a big part of the problem. Well, this was a an, an unexpected in some instances event. There were absolutely no concrete information going into it. There was no leaks of any parts or anything like no that. No leaks. We talked to an Apple PR person. We're like, no leaks, and they're like, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Don right they, they, they 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 did it. They managed to to do it. Yeah. No, it's uh, surprising. And Mike, if you had made a bet with me earlier this year mm-hmm. that Apple would do an event where two of the three featured products on stage at a special media event were the MacBook Air and the Mac Mini. I would have made some money, I think. Oh my goodness. I I would have just laughed and said that is that the odds of that happening are zero. Mm-hmm. So you never know with what Apple is going to yep. do. Sometimes Apple really surprises you surprise as you. as we were surprised by the rumor that there um that Ming-Chi Kuo suggests that there might be a uh uh, an update to the iPad Mini. The at iPad some point Mini in got the near multiple future. shout outs on stage today. I mean, it nothing did. happened to it, but they referenced its existence. They, I think that's really telling that they, they included it in the product lineup and acknowledged that it exists. Because remember. Now the iPad Mini is a product in the lineup. That's right. Once the Mac Mini was just a product that remained in the lineup, and now there's a new Mac Mini. Now the iPad Mini remains in the lineup. Hmm. So, Jason, thank you so much to calling in uh, from yes. from New York City. I want to I want to thank uh, Lex Friedman at Stitcher for yes. setting us up in thank the you, high above Midtown Manhattan, the Stitcher and Midroll Studio Complex, the uh, the Lex Friedman Empire. Uh, so, thanks to them for hosting me today. Uh, I needed somewhere to go, and there yep. was like, will I go? Back to my hotel room, which I've checked out of, or like, how's it going to work? And this, and uh, Lex swept in and said, "I've got a, I've got a space for you." So thanks to Lex and everybody at Stitcher for being mm-hmm. very nice and letting me sit in one of their studios. I'll extend a thanks to myself for staying in Toronto for an extra day. Thanks to Mike for delaying his <laughs> flight by a day. <laughs> that was a funny. That was a funny uh, thing to have to go through last week. Um, so. I'm, st- I'm leaving for home tomorrow. Uh, actually, recording connected before I check out of my hotel. Uh, Federico sure. Vitici is going to fly home, and it's going to be super weird. He's going to get home. He'll be there a couple of hours. I'm still in Canada. We're all over the place right now. Apple is disrupting all of our uh, travel plans, but for a very, very good reason. This is a very, yes. very exciting event. I-, I loved it, and I loved the products that were announced. There's a lot of really, really great stuff that I'm very excited to talk about over the next few weeks. Um, we will be back next week, um, and we're excited for that. Probably you can expect some iPhone XR discussion next week, along with, I guess, some more fallout of, uh, of, of the event, where we learn more, as we always do, over the next few days. Um, you can find show notes for this episode in your podcast player of choice or over at relay.fm slash upgrade slash 217. 
I want to extend our thanks again to Luna Display, PDF Pen, and HelloFresh for supporting this episode. You can find Jason online at sixcarlos.com. I'm sure you can expect lots of great words to be written there, um, which will supplement the stuff that we've spoken about today. So go check that out. Jason is also on Twitter. He's at JasonL. Um, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I would love it if you would. And we'll be back next time. Don't forget, hashtag Snell Talk, hashtag Ask Upgrade to get involved with the show. And we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Forget about it. He's walking here. <laughs> Are you talking to me? I think I was, yeah. That's how it works. <laughs>